Filmmakers and photographers Drinking coffee and talking shit What was that? That sucked. Sorry, I, I, I definitely failed. Yeah, that was a total fail. Oh, well. Welcome to Filmmakers and Photographers Drinking Coffee and Talking Shit. In this podcast, you'll hear insights and stories from four guys and a guest who have all come to the craft of visual media from very different starting points. I'm your host, Matt Rickman. And I am Sean Letty. I am Randy Fitzenmeyer. Chris Bell. And again, we have our guest, Matt Fay with us today. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks for having me back. I'm sorry I'm wearing the exact same clothes I was a week ago, but... <laughs> so am I. It's yeah, okay. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I also haven't slept a wink since then or eaten a bite to eat. So wow, that, yeah. impressive. Yeah. You're really wow. into this. <laughs> I just couldn't wait to get back, so I, I did nothing else. In this episode, we're going to talk about failure. We'll drink a little coffee and talk a little shit. So guys, failure. Who has a good failure story to kick us off? As Matt stares down Chris. I know. <laughs> Nobody wants to answer <laughs> this one. Anyone? Chris is my uh, All right, I'll, I'll start fly, guys. I mean, this is going to be short and quick because I, you know, I really, I never fail. That's why I'm so successful. I mean, it's, it's, there could be no other way. Uh, yeah, bullshit is right. I've screwed up more than anybody at this table times six at least. Uh, I would say one of my one of the failures, a very painful one, is I used to have this this uh, thought that you know cli- I can't lose a client. You know, a client is so important that no matter how toxic the relationship is, how painful it is, you know, you just you can't you can't lose that client. And I put uh, people at my company through living hell. I'm not going to name names. You were there, I think, at the time, Matt. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was super painful. Fortunately, I didn't have to deal with the uh, a lot of the headwind. I had a, a marketing person that was also managing the project, but it was an epic failure. I mean, it was it just it demoralized the you know everyone at the company. I couldn't sleep at night, mm. um, you know, and it's. In, I think finally my wife said, "Why are you still working for this person?" And I'm like, "Going, I because they they pay the bills, they pay me. Like, we well, you, you got other clients, you know. You could you can let this client go." And I was like, going, "Oh God, never! I can't let this client go. I'll go into bankruptcy. All right. you know, this little that will happen." Um, but it was it was an epic failure for me having that that ideology. And then, you know, kind of backing out of it. And then, of course, we had to figure out how the client was going to fire us, which <laughs> was no easy matter. It sounds like you're pinning this failure on your client, though. This isn't a Chris fail. It sounds like you're, well, you're it's never my else. fault. Okay. It's never my fault. No, this, this was my – I should have uh, not – I should have not never taken this project because we knew from day one this was going to be a pain in the ass. But we thought – you know, it's going to be a pain in the ass, but we're making good money, and you know, we'll, we'll deal with it. Big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> Ain't worth the money, huh? No. And it's like it's sure you know you you do meet a client. Some clients go, ooh, this is going to be high maintenance. Uh, so you know, you know, maybe you don't totally know, but I mean, it opened my eyes to say, you know what? If I have a strong feeling for this, and you know, I might let the client slide by on one thing, but if it's really screwing up. The company, the organization, my own sanity, then you know I'm 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 firing the client. They're firing me. I'm I'm going to go find somebody else to work for. So what was the failure there? Was it not recognizing that it wasn't working soon enough? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, because I would go. You know, we'd have a meeting there, and I don't know if you remember any of this, Matt. But we would finish the meeting. <laughs> trying to you guys would head back to the office. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> And she would call me. Okay, I, I know who it is. <laughs> would call me in. She'd go, Chris, can you stick around? And for 30 minutes after our meeting, she would chew me out and just tell me, you know, you guys are worthless. What the hell's going on over there? I can't believe you can't just keep up with my every whim. I mean, it was brutal. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's coming to me. I think I know who this is. Yeah, okay. Let's, <laughs> hey, let's call her live on the air. What do you guys I say, huh? We got a conference today. phone. And you got to literally all right, whisper in my ear and we'll find out who Here's, the, here's the funny thing, and we'll figure this out after the podcast. I think she'd moved in behind me for a little while about a year ago. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> if it's who I think it is. Was she a terrible neighbor also? 
No. Oh, wow. Scrap in our yard. Right, the dogs right are getting out. Okay, it's a favorite. All right. You, it's, and, it's, and it's I'll out, say. It's out of the camera. camera. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I just need uh, a nod. Yay oh, my name. God. No, I, I, never, I never want to see that name again. Oh, I nailed it. <laughs> Crossing it out. All these painful moments are coming. I'm crying. I can't believe it. I'm falling apart. Flashbacks no, here. She got inside my head, and it just, you know, it. so that was a... Uh, a very valuable learning lesson from a mistake mm-hmm. and an ideology on like the desperateness of hanging on to a client. I mean, when you got a large overhead, you got employees, you know, it's yeah. like you look at things a little differently, but you know, it really, you got to look out. It's, it, it's got to come back to your own sanity and your own peace of mind, you know, and it's, that is, if, if you're failing miserably with that, then there's nowhere to go. You cannot succeed yeah, with that relationship. No yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll take it next, uh, Chris, as far as the failures go. I had a couple written down here, just some some off-the-cuff ones, but I think I've thought of an even better one. Um, and Matt, you may remember this one. So like my, my off-the-cuff ones are, you know, messing up a photo shoot when you're a second shooter at a wedding and, you know, yeah. someone's really counting on you to get some good photos and you go back and you're like, God, all these are soft. None of them are sharp. I'm a, I'm a terrible Ouch. photographer. Um, camera issues recording for clients and, you know, the camera, oh. the battery goes dead and, and you forget to say, oh, can you repeat everything you just said? Because you forgot that the camera actually didn't didn't write that file on the car. You just, and you get back and you say, what about all that stuff they were saying? And it's not there. But I think the big, the real one, um, we were doing a project for a client and um, we had kind of been waiting around for some things and, and you know, um, there was really, I mean, there was a, a clear due date in mind, but it really wasn't feeling like that was going to be coming down the pipe. And it was right before, I think, some time off that I had coming up mm-hmm. um, and they all of a sudden started ringing the bell and they said, where is this? Why isn't this done yet? When is this going to be done? Are we going to have this done tomorrow, basically? And I knew, you know, if I had been calm and taken a deep breath, it's like, you know, we can always outsource this. We have budget. Um, we can give it to somebody who's looking for some work. And, uh, and, 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 and instead of being calm and being like, you know what, I think we can definitely handle that. You know, we're going to get to work on this and we're going to give you what you need. Um, instead of being calm, I kind of started to freak out. And on the call with the client, Ooh. in the middle of all the chaos, I started saying, well, now, hold on. Wait a minute. You know, we, we're not, you know, we can't just flip this tomorrow. And, you know, I got to get ready for Expo. It's coming up. And, you know, I'm swamped right now. And, you know, there's just no way this is ever going to happen. And, whoa, was that like sticking a chainsaw in the beehive right there. I'll tell you what, right? I mean, they they lit up and they were very, very upset and they're talking to Matt and Matt had to come in and kind of calm things down and tell them we're going to handle it. Um, and I actually ended up, I think we actually ended up giving this one to Randy, which mm-hmm. is why this is such an appropriate <laughs> fail story for me. Um, because Randy did a wonderful job and the oh, project yeah. came came off, you know, without a hitch and they, they loved it um, and everybody was happy and it was a happy ending. But the fail for me was not keeping my cool, not being solutions oriented and not keeping the problem out of the view of the client. Granted, you know, you want to be transparent, you want to be communicative, but you really don't want to um, have a meltdown in front of the client saying, that's not possible, we can't do it, you know, and and. I should have I should have been in my right mind enough to know that that was not the right way to handle it. Um, but I was emotional instead of logical, and um, as expressives and creatives can be sometimes. And that was the result. I pissed them off and got everybody all worked up, and we still were able to make it happen thanks to Randy. So. But what was the most important part about all of that? It's you, Randy. Giving you the job. <laughs> but, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was – you, you learned something from it. I learned something from it. And, yeah, you know, we were talking before we started the podcast about, um, you know, a, a failure – is only a legitimate failure if you don't learn from it, right? If you right. keep making the same mistakes over and over, um, you know, I was doing some technical stuff yesterday in front of some pretty high-profile people, and they were like, hey, thanks so much. It didn't work out. It was a bad a bad thing. You know, nothing really worked as we planned. But they sent out an email, and they said, hey, thanks, everybody. And I responded, and I said, I want to thank you guys, too, because you're a great, great team to work for, and there's nobody I'd rather fail and then cross that out, learn in front of. Because that's really what it was, is we were learning what's possible, what's not. So you can't really think of it as a failure if you learned. The only failure is if you don't learn from it, right? Yeah, that reminds me of one of mine the other day. Of Everybody loves new shiny gear, don't they? Oh, yeah. They all have that gear gear. acquisition syndrome, right? (laughs) Well, it's never good. And we all know this, but we do it anyways. Take brand new gear onto a job. (laughs) 
without really intimately getting to know it, especially when it comes to audio. Yeah. <laughs> audio is the bane of my existence. In general, wouldn't you agree that it is more difficult to fix audio issues than visual? Yeah. I, I would say yes. I, I would say more of the projects we have, more more often than not, it's audio that's the problem than video. And it's more difficult to fix or hide or cover up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd so agree with that. So it's probably not a good idea to take a brand new mixer to a very important interview. <laughs> I digress. You couldn't yeah. just say pause for three days while I learn this new piece of equipment. Part. <laughs> and Hang I, on, I got and, the manual here somewhere. And what's your Who schedule uh, next month so I can fly back out? Oh, man. oh wow. Oh, there was travel involved, too. Yeah. But did it all work out? What happened? Luckily, I um, didn't have the mic that I wanted, but for some reason, I um, decided not to put the lapel mic into the mixer and I connected it straight to the camera. And use that. We had a little. We had some clothes ruffling and whatnot, but all in all, yeah, could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but so I learned a lot from that. What did you learn? Never use shiny new toys without really getting to know them well. Okay. You see, that's what I like about being a designer. If something's not working, I can fix it. I have Command Z. I can do <laughs> undo. Right. Once you guys have recorded something, done. Right. Locked. Yeah, fix it in post is is an old. Not so oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. as doable as you think. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that if you're not failing from time to time, then you're not you're not trying, you're not pushing things, you're not, you know, you're not learning, you're not growing, you're playing it too safe, if you will. I guess my one of my failures, well one, I ha I have one to pick off back off of Randy's uh, Sean and I were on the shoot together, we had a brand new camera. I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to get it to record. And it, it was one of our new Fujis, mm -hmm. and it, it functioned slightly different than our other Fuji, where depending on how you configured it to record, um, like your, your frame rate and all of this stuff, you could create a scenario where it wouldn't record. It basically, you're routing stuff to like the HDMI out instead of recording to the SD card or some shit. And we're there with a client all ready to go, and I'm like, Oh fuck. It's not it's not working. Fortunately, <laughs> fairly technical, so I figured it out, but it was that panicked moment of oh yeah. shit. You know, same kind of thing. And sometimes how long does that take? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it feels like the three minutes, which is not a lot of time in the scheme of things, feels like an eternity when the client is watching you and someone's mic'd up yes. and they're they and want it, to record and get it done. And you're yes. like, just, just a second. And in this case, we were standing <laughs> out in a hemp field in the middle of summer. It was hot as all get out. Like no one wanted to be out oh, there man. any longer than normal. You know, if you were sitting in a nice air conditioned room, you could like take your time, but this was yeah. like it was go time. So I definitely um, have one of those failures. Um, my other failure is a little bit more, we were talking before we started recording kind of about being a perfectionist and, um, you know, Steve Jobs is the one who was quoted with saying, you know, real artists ship, you know, it's all about delivering stuff. It's not about thinking about doing it or starting to do it. It's about shipping. And I think that's probably one of my biggest failures. I have so many projects in the can that I've never cut together and put together personal stuff. And it's because of I'm a perfectionist and because it's my own work, it's even worse because I want it to be this amazing thing that I think it could be in my head. And I'm almost paralyzed by that fact. And I've been working really hard on it. My wife and I are starting a new vlog series and we were shooting stuff um, over uh, throughout December. And, and I really worked on that because you have this vision in your head. And, of course, everything's, like, perfect in your head. And when you start to do it, you realize you're, you're human, you're limited time, nothing, it's, it's never perfect. And, and me being paralyzed by that and having so many projects, you know, Chris and I have gone out and shot things. Um, I did a hiking trip with my daughter for her 16th birthday, and I shot the whole thing. We, we hiked for a week on the Appalachian Trail, and I went out of my way to bring shit on a backpacking trip to record all of this and um, sitting in the can. So to me, that's a massive failure. It's something I want to work heavily on yeah. getting over that crap, you know, especially with like editing, you can always recut it. Yeah. You can always redo it, yeah. you know, and that sort of that's thing. That's definitely one I suffer from as well as the rock art documentary <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> documentarian here. Yeah. who has been working on this damn thing for like 15 years. 
So when you asked, you know, how do you get used to letting go of these details when you're such a perfectionist? Uh, I think what experience and the number of years, I'm admitting I'm very old here, but the number of years, the more years you do it, the more times you see critical details you thought were going to make or break and mattered most and you're really to fight to the death for, turn out nobody gives a fuck. Nobody, nobody, nobody even cares. knows them. Yeah. They, they look at the big picture. They get the big effect. Those things matter. They it, it works or it doesn't on a large scale. But all those little details I thought were really going to matter, you see those fall by the wayside and just not mattering. <laughs> nobody remembers. Nobody cares but you. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like that, Faye. You've you've had to have had a failure. Too. No, I'm right there with Chris. <laughs> no, no, no failures. Golden. There's a lot of different kinds of failure. You know, the the shit that the, the saying shit happens kind of failures. Those aren't interesting to me anymore. Of yeah. course, things fall apart, things break. Yeah, you know, uh, miscommunication. On and on and on. I get over those really quickly these days. Um, there's the failing in order to succeed kind of failing you talked uh-huh. about, which is you've got to try a few things before one works. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those I don't mind. And I, I've got, you know, young designers on staff and I tell them the same thing. I'm like, well, you've got to try something. You got to try it. But it might not. Well, of course it might not work. But then you'll know maybe what will by going down that path. Um, you know, we, I had a conversation with him uh, a number of weeks ago where he was saying, well, you always just seem to come up right with it. And I'm like, no, no, you, you're missing you're missing it because you have to try all your ideas on paper to see that they've that they will fail. Mm-hmm. Myself, I've been doing this so long in my head. I go, I know I could. No, nah, that won't work. I know I could. Oh, that one, that's not going to work. I know. What if I No, that's not going to work. And I eliminate yeah. five failures before I sit down and actually sit down and do something. So it just looks like I'm not failing. But the truth is, I've just cut to the chase faster than I used to. <laughs> Um, but the kind of failure that, that is most unnerving and rattling to me is when I personally fail. And it always has to do with me and some character flaw or some uh, you know, aspect of myself that I've let myself down on. And if I had to pick the biggest failure you know, on, our, on our last podcast a week ago, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I talked about the fact that I had a, a business with two partners. Mm-hmm. I had two partners equal level so it was business split three ways there was no clear leader right Mm. and i said i sold my shares to my two partners yeah i did because i went into work one day and almost simultaneously as i was saying look i've got to go they were saying look you've got to go oh wow that was an epic failure i lost a business that i invested my heart and soul into yeah because of my own personal failing now it takes two to fail. In this case, it takes three to fail. I won't go into why you know yeah. why they added to the failure of that situation. And I can always look back and go, some of that was just meant to be. It was going to happen at some point. And me moving on was a healthy step because I look at all the things I've done since then. So yeah, it was a great learning opportunity. But at the time, it was just plain painful failure. Mm-hmm. And if I were to point yeah. specifically to it, it was that pride of ownership that we talked about. Yeah. What I did was I was the creative director, and yet I had two partners who cared as much about the finished product as I did. And yet I isolated that creative direction as being my territory and protected it like cat, <laughs> like a tooth and nail, right? Yeah. And although I do believe I should have had you know, as as it being my job, I should have had some sort of final say and some jurisdiction over it. I did not let them come to the cat box and scratch like they should have and deserved to. And I really yeah. had a couple, like I can remember a couple of cringeworthy times when I was being so protective of my turf <laughs> that I literally excluded them from something they very, very much should have had a big, big part of. And that was when they turned to each other and said this guy's gotta go and they were right damn it i failed yeah man that's the hell of getting old right is introspection you start to when you're in your 20s you don't think like that when you're in yeah, your 30s and, um, you, you kind of start, start to, to but you kids, when you, you really you know to, yeah. and, and that stuff can can really eat you uh, eat you up i know i'm constantly rethinking and thinking and overthinking you know everything but at the same time 
failing forward, you took that into your next business and probably wouldn't ever make that mistake again, at least. Yeah, I can't say that it was worth the failure in order to learn the lesson. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes not. It just sucks. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing you can walk out with a little bit of learning behind you, but sometimes it just (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I have one other failure um, that I'll bring up. Um, I met, I've got a side project I'm working on with a friend and uh, we, we, we shot a bunch of stuff and um, I went and met with her this afternoon to review the footage and um, half the footage is missing. I have no idea why. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm usually pretty, I'm usually fairly rigid with offloading media and backing up and that stuff. I mean, Sean knows, like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty methodical. I'm, I'm paranoid of that kind of thing happening. And so I'm just like scratching my head, you know, what, what happened. So we'll get into backup stuff here in a little bit, but that's my, uh, that's another failure that I'm like, wow, like that's, that's so like should not happen period. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so crossing my fingers. That get you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm crossing my fingers that I've got the files somewhere else. Otherwise I'm just going to be, ah, uh, man, just absolutely kicking myself. It's the, it's the tail between the legs kind of scenario kicking where you're myself. like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I can't. It's even more than that in that, like, I'm kind of into this project um, uh, with this friend, like, um, and it was a lot of work, <laughs> you know, so I'm disappointed, not just like, oh, man, sorry, we don't have the footage for your project. It's our project to some degree. And the yeah. amount of work that I put into getting th- those shots, even if I don't have it, could still make something out of the um, out of you know, the project not completely failed. But I'm like, Damn. Damn, damn. So before we get into that, anybody else have another failure that they want to share? Or have we got all of our failures out and we could talk about some fun stuff? How long could could we go on? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's a never-ending topic for sure. So for all you listeners out there, don't be uh, beating yourself up over the failures. Move on and and learn learn from them, like what you said early. Yeah. The thing that age has taught me is that it's part of life. When did we expect things to go perfectly? How is that reflect reality? Right. Yeah. To hold that expectation on things is just sometimes nuts. Yeah. And when you get in the real world, you can't make every job a portfolio piece. Right. No, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. You can if you want your portfolio to suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the spirit, Matt. There you go. Cool. Well, let's jump into the coolest uh, shit we've seen lately. I'm going to recycle to some degree from a podcast episode a couple times ago. Um, but I finally got, you know, I got the uh, the DJI Osmo Pocket on launch day. And I friggin' love this thing. You know, is it the best camera image out there? Absolutely not. Does it have depth of field that goes on forever? Absolutely. But just what this product is and you know i like to do a lot of like backpacking hiking getting out into it stuff and man there's nothing fun about carrying around a gimbal in your pack when you're you know you're backpacking for 100 miles this thing changes all this i carry this with me every day everywhere i go it's in my pocket I mentioned a minute ago that my wife and I were starting a vlog thing and it's kind of going to be a a family thing and we're going to record a lot of stuff. And this is absolutely it. This also is what my wife's going to use to record all of her vlog stuff. Just because it's simple, you turn it on, it, it, it ticks most of the boxes. And it's silky smooth. And it's, and it's, yeah, it's smooth. So, right, like you get that production value that automatically boosts the image quality just because it's stable and nice, you know. Is it too wide angle for shooting? No, it's actually not wide angle enough. Oh. It's not. It's um. It's about the equivalent of like a 30, 35 millimeter lens, I think, compared to like GoPro being like right. Like 18, That's what I was twenty or something. So like, if you're using it, you know, vlogging style, you kind of have to like. I have to be about out here to frame myself perfectly, you know, in it. I'm holding it about arm's length away. So, um, but but I I I dig this thing. It's so cool. I'm amazed at just how tiny and James Bond spy shit that thing looks. That is t- that is amazing. It's like an alien do, do you uh, think, device. And it has a monitor where you can actually Yeah, frame, that's cool frame it too. Cuz like with exactly. GoPro, that was always the problem at first is you can't see what you're shooting. You yeah. just assume it's pointed the right Pain direction. In the ass. Do you think that this is going to catch on that, that there will uh, one day, like right now, there's really not a, a cell phone out there that doesn't have a camera in it. 
And that could have been a point of discussion a few years ago. Do you think there'll be a day where every phone has a camera? And we could have said, now, only the big ones or only the special ones. Yeah. But that didn't really pan out to be true. Do we think, I mean, stabilization, gimbals, that stuff used to be really high-end film gear. And now... Right. Anybody could buy a gimbal for a couple hundred bucks for their phone or whatever. Less than a hundred. Yeah, I mean, do we think that stabilized, gimbal-esque, in small form, is going to become a mainstream feature of phones, GoPros? No, they're going to do it to the chip itself. Yeah, what GoPro's doing with the Hero 7, I think, is what's going to become more of the norm for consumers because it's built in. Mm-hmm. It's yep. just going to become expected. And honestly, I mean, look at how well your iPhone already can stabilize video. It's pretty good. I mean, you can handhold that thing. You're not going to get those fluid gimbal shots with it. Yeah. But if you're just trying to hold it steady, I'm pretty damn amazed at how well it worked. And I actually witnessed this the other night. Um, we were at a, a school performance of our kids, and I was looking at all the you know all the parents holding their phones up, and they're so <laughs> far away from the stage. And I'm, I'm kind of one dad with the iPad. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and I was surprised, kind of looking. I'm like, oh my god, that's that's gotta be horrible video. And I was watching it. I'm like, that shit's pretty stable. Yeah, all these cell phones, you know. So now I know this is a a filmmakers photographers podcast. I'm a designer too. I go. Yeah, that's my. That's my. Yeah, yeah. Same. Feels good to not be the only one. You're not. But I wouldn't have even known what a gimbal was before Christmas until yeah. Finally got one from Santa. <laughs> but uh, I had no idea. Um, and the difference in the video I shoot now is just spooky. Like, right. I didn't know that that would be something that I would want. Yeah. And I even still look at it now and I go, it almost feels unreal to me because it's so stable. I, uh-huh. It just, it, it, it raised the level on the professional quality. I thought, well, maybe now I can shoot things that are semi-professional when I'm just shooting my weekend stuff. But it, it did. It added another flavor to it. Now it feels like it doesn't feel like the home movie anymore. Yeah, now it right. feels a little. It, it just it spooks but, me But out let a me ask bit. you this: yeah. from a marketing standpoint, the trend was to not have high production value and make it more real. Yeah, I don't know. That's why your question about whether or not consumers will demand the gimbal. Part of it's going to be: will they value that? style of production over their handheld shaky whip the camera around you know they're, they're very spontaneous with these cameras and the video is oh, almost I, I think consumers this is will too buy polished. whatever they're told is is the coolest thing for them to have I think artists are going to have a vision for what they want to achieve and if it is supposed to be raw and kind of you know real true to life maybe that smooth camera stuff is too cinematic I don't think the ending of uh, of Goodfellas would really work on a, on a steady, smooth-ass gimbal. But God help, it's have you seen be- NYPD Blue? Have you gone back and watched it? Whoever shot no. that, whoever was the DP on that needs to be smacked because, <laughs> because was it was all yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like, obviously intentionally shaky. It was that, you know, it was that phase of the early 2000s yeah, right. when people were trying to do that. Yes. Now you get to do that with a gimbal, we did but it's that not on a few so, projects. I'm, I'm sure. I've, yeah, no, I've never done it. <laughs> it looked like crap, utter bullshit. Yeah. yeah, there actually is kind of a, just not to get too far off topic, but there is kind of a cool like whip pan thing that a lot like I, I tell you the coolest shit that's being done to push the art of filmmaking, if you will, is being done by vloggers on YouTube and seeing how these guys shoot stuff and the like whip pan transitions mm-hmm. and and like the going in and then out of stuff and just all of that. Yeah, it is setting the tone because it's it's telling millennials and younger like what to expect from a visual like what to expect from yeah. visuals mm-hmm. yeah so it's like the storytelling aspects of like you want to communicate this or is it just story oh, that's cool storytelling in that everything is jump cut now yeah everything yeah and, but then also just the like the style of how they shoot things and then you know doing whip pans for transitions and just some of those kind of things the future of video production filmmaking etc mm-hmm. it's youtube watch vloggers on youtube that's my stake in the ground, at least. I might be way the fuck wrong, but... Yeah. Well, there's different, you know... The vloggers on YouTube may not be making feature films, and feature films may not ever adapt or or uh, evolve into what vloggers are doing from a style standpoint. You my know, assertion is, is that think, they will. You think they will? Mm-hmm. Well, just like, I don't think that you're... It's going to be a long time, if ever, you're going to have VR 
as feature films. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that's the Personal thing, right? Opinion. You think we're like when we FaceTime at my house, it's like we're living in the future, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that today. That's kind of video conferencing. It's all over the place to be able to see someone on a TV that's not with you. But a few years ago, that was like science fiction stuff, right? I mean, when Back to the Future Two came out, that video conferencing thing wasn't real at the time. That was like fixed. it wasn't. Right, you, come on, you know this. <laughs> So it's like, you know what I mean? Like They didn't really ride a hoverboard either, Chris. Yeah, no. Sorry so, to break but that you know down. What I mean? it's This like is destroying my fact, whole world view here. That, that, that we're living in that now. Yeah. Randy, who's to say? Yeah, I mean, that like when, when you go to the movies, they hand you this giant headset, and now the movie's happening next to you and on top of you and here because augmented reality has become the thing that we, how we experience the story. And I think that there's evidence to support that in that movies are starting to do the like 4D, 5D, you know, the seat that rumbles and the sense that get pushed out into the air. Smell-o-cam. cam Yeah, yeah we, saw that, we saw that at uh, Adobe Max this year. Yep, exactly. On those little, yeah, exactly. Those little chairs there, so... Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there are things that will come and go, uh, just like there is with any trend or fad, right? There'll be yeah. something like everybody thought they were going to have this thing, and then it just kind of fizzled out. But then there'll be that thing that catches on that, that becomes the norm. And Dynamic we'll range. And go, Give me dynamic range. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll look back and we'll say, oh, my God, remember when we didn't have that? Remember when it never that wasn't a thing? I heard that yeah. humans can only see three stops of dynamic range anyways, just like they can't see 4K. <laughs> we talked a little bit about the demise of 3D. That's That falls into that category. You know, filmmakers got all excited. Every movie had to be in 3D. I heard a you know, commentary guy say, when are we going to see a Woody Allen in 3D? Because the 3D is so ubiquitous now and everybody loves it and everybody's going. Mm. This was right after the, you know, Avatar days when everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. It didn't. didn't happen. Woody Allen is not shooting any movies in 3D. Uh, and 3D's, you know, going to by the wayside, uh, much to my sadness. Um, but I think a lot of that VR stuff will fall into that same category. At the end of the day, movies are an art form for telling story. Yep. And when does VR add to that storytelling? It's a different kind of thing altogether. It involves the user in a different way. It's not the same thing as sit back and let me engineer this experience it's going to be used for gaming so in the gaming world so 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 can i can i have two coolest shits that i've seen in this piggybacks right on that black mirror bandersnatch oh yeah is interactive have you seen it watch it watch it watch it black mirror what it's black it's called black mirror bandersnatch have you watched black mirror on netflix oh my god Go home and watch them all tonight. Oh. Stay up all night. Is that the one, the German production? You should be able to. It's, uh, it's British. It's British. It's okay. British, but it's it's kind of oh, like. I know what it is. I, yeah, I've seen it. I've it's seen it. It's modern Twilight Zone yes. kind of yes. stuff. I have watched a few episodes, and my wife said, I'm not watching any more it, of it, it's, it's Especially the very. said that. Especially the very, the very first <laughs> one. Yeah, the very first it's one. It's amazing I started with that one. I know. Think if right. any episode was going to turn people away, it'd be that. Right. <laughs> Me, I was in. I'm like, yeah, let's watch more of this one. Yeah, what's he going to do? That's where the guy had to fucked a pig yes exactly okay, yeah, yeah. exactly burned but, but indelibly to put it crudely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but keep watching all of them because it's brilliant it's brilliant storytelling it's thought provoking I think I made but it to three and went never again even more cool and I'm not absolutely in love with the story in Bandersnatch it, it's Okay, I give it yeah. a, a B. Um, but what they're doing with making it interactive and as of you, you, you guys have all read as a kid the Choose Your Own Adventure books. It's a film that's like that. Hmm, cool. And that to me, I won't. I don't think that's going to be the mainstream. But there's definitely going to be another bold prediction: uh, um, a large genre of Choose Your Own Adventure interactive films. Yeah gotta watch that either that or i think video games are going to get to a point where they become interactive films my son bought me the um red dead redemption 2 oh yeah i played the original and thought it was amazing i hadn't played a video game in so long yeah this thing in and i was blown away the nice. graphics are so nice and so realistic. And this is where you can kind of determine your own route. It's a it western thing. It's yeah. a big, vast, wide open yeah. world. Yeah. yeah, my son's got there that. There are tracks you can get on that have predetermined little stories and missions you have to accomplish. But the yeah. time that I most went, okay, this is this is amazing, is I got on my horse and the game didn't tell me what to do. So I'm like, 
I guess I'll go that way. <laughs> and I'm traveling down. Oh, look, there's a river. Oh, I can jump through the river. Oh, look, I can chase that deer. I can get out my gun and I can shoot that deer. I can do anything I want. It's, it was an unbelievable experience. Don't and then when you have a black mirror like that, and then the kids aren't going to go outside in fresh air and break their and arm. Or like real people in the game. That's right. That's They'll do it in the game. They'll do it in the game. It's still short of feeling like reality. But it's so much further than a video game I've ever seen go. But cool. then when you add, a, you know, you add story to that interactive yeah. story, you're kind of in control or in control. I mean, that's and you that's choose so cool. your dialogue. I mean, how do you? You mean you tell it, someone? It gives you little points to choose. No, you don't create your own dialogue, okay. but you can say interact with this character, interact with that character, and if you hit the interact button, it throws out some dialogue. And then there's hey, some, it's uh, sure hot out here if it's something yep. dumb. If it's an adventure, you can say, ah, you know, uh, I slept with your mother last night, and then the guns start cutting out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. How, nice. many, how many options or how many times do you get to choose? In, in which one? In, in Bandersnatch? Yeah. Um, well, like how many possibilities of the story do you think they've cooked up for you to choose? Like, if you take a left turn and then a right turn, you end up at point A. If you take a left turn and then a left turn, so that combination is completely different. So, so without you know, spoiling too much of it, yeah, some of the first early choices are the main character sits down and he has two choices of what cereal he wants to eat for breakfast. And you get to pick which one. So it kind of eases you into it. Later on in the film... And I don't, I've never gone down the other path, but you see an ad for that same cereal on the TV that's in the background. Hmm. And I don't know if the other cereal, it would switch that out. But so there's, there's forks early in the film for some of those kind of things. He puts his headphones on. What music is he going to listen to? Hmm. And you get to, you get to pick. Um, I chose Thompson Twins, by the way. And then, um, but the choices, I don't want to give away too much, but the choices, You've seen it? Please don't. Yeah, I have not. I'm dying to, so it, do not. It, I, okay, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, it gets it gets Black Mirror real quick. Okay. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the way I'm thinking of this is, like, you know, what sort of, like, if, if, if there are, let's say, 12 choices and you reorganize your your how many infinite different possibilities I don't know how many possibilities could they have cooked up so that you keep doing it you could have watched the movie now 30 times and you're still getting a different experience. Probably. I'd love to and see the wireframe map on oh, that screen. Right. Play, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what blows my Yeah, mind. you guys got to watch it. it. It's cool because there's, there's, a, there's a meta level to all of this that the content of the film is kind of about this as well, which is what kind of makes it really thought-provoking, I think, in mm-hmm. a way. But anyhow, anybody else have any cool shit that they've seen lately? Yeah, I got, I got a couple here. So um, apparently LG... Uh, at CES, just uh, rolled out or unveiled their rollable 65-inch OLED TV. So what this thing is is imagine a soundbar box that's mm-hmm. 65 or whatever, however that specs out, um, inches wide, and then from and it's not very tall, maybe you know five or six inches tall as a soundbar, and then from within the soundbar, a 65-inch OLED screen rises up and then can collapse in. So when so you when you're not watching TV, it's not there. So you don't it hang it from a wall, it goes against gravity? What's that? It sits on a table and goes against gravity or you hang it on a wall and it rolls down. You don't down. hang it on a wall, it's on a stand. You could probably mount the box. But it, but it goes up against gravity. It, it comes up, yes, like this. Wow. I remember when I was much younger, they had a, a screen that you could pull down and you'd project <laughs> onto it. You know, it's kind of the same it's concept. It's like a modern version of that. The, yeah. Except you don't have to project onto it. Right. So, and you had to pull and lock in the thing, or the thing would crash down and. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was cool. I think that's what Faye has in his basement, right? We, we heard about this. It's a big ass one. Very big. <laughs> it's actually a Kodachrome slide projector with a carousel on it. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was cool because it kind of. Um, it kind of. Uh, gave a little bit of a nod to what could be coming with some of our tech in phones, which is like the bendable curvy screens, um, which I could totally see an application for because how many people do you know with a busted iPhone screen, you know, because they dropped it on a hard surface and it cracked into a million pieces. If that thing was bendable, you'd never have a broken screen again. So there's that. Um, the other cool thing that I saw, this is not really like cool as shit, but it's cool that it's happening, um, is uh, the Nikon mirrorless Z6 and Z7 models um, did not previously have um, eye autofocus tracking modes. They just added um, it. 
and they're adding it through firmware update. So and now you can. Do you know have, what else they're adding? What? Where they're allowing Atomos to record raw. Ooh, camera. wow. Uh, they're finally. The Nikon Z7. <laughs> they're finally. They're finally at the party. Yeah, but no, but still, nobody else is letting them do. Well. I have no idea gets, what you're talking. It about. gets really techy around here. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no, other yeah. people can do raw to the Atomos. Yeah, they can. Not from a DSLR. Absolutely. Not raw, right off the sensor. Uh, yeah, Canon nope. can. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Canon can. And anyway, this is one of those things. Just read we'll take it outside. And that's what yeah, they said. We'll, yeah, we're not even on geeky tech shit yet, or are we? Well, it's probably the first mirrorless or something. You know, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So those are my. Those Pro, are my oh, by the way, ProRes raw. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. guys are just. Matt's going to be up all night researching all of this stuff to get up to speed, and you know he's. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. So now we got to do geeky. Uh, or well, about does anybody backups, else have right? any cool cool oh, yeah. shit? Cool I actually have something that's pretty freaking cool. Um, I'm working on a little Kickstarter video for a client, and boy, um, total scientist, so I'm not going to be explaining this right. But in a nutshell, um, it's proof of concept. But they have a little circuit board, flexible transistor technology that will come out of that. You stick it in your mouth, on your tongue multiple sensors on it and you can either hook, let's say hook up an infrared camera to it and somebody that's blind within three or four hours you put the infrared camera against a coffee cup with hot coffee in it they will be able to see the shape of a coffee cup somebody who is deaf will be able to hear speech or music um pretty crazy and all You're getting black mirror on us here yeah. And, yeah. and already has the technology to put that into a. Let me talk to our dental pro over here. Are you a, uh, some sort of like a mouthpiece or retainer? A retainer. That's the word I was looking for. And Bluetooth to this thing, and you know, predator vision for somebody who's blind. It's hmm. pretty amazing. That's cool. Wow. Hmm. Okay, you tech, win. Tech. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, have you seen any cool shit? Uh, let's see. I got four things. I'm just going to run through it real quick. Uh, you should go check out a uh, Vimeo video called Leningrad Kolschik. I got a link here. We can put it up on okay. the website. It's very cool. Very cool. Um, and then there's a uh, music video by Stylo G uh, uh, called Bike Engine. This thing you got to see. It's nice. it's a total hoot. You know, I won't say anything more. Uh, is it like the bug assault video you made us watch? No, no, okay. no, no, no. This <laughs> oh my god, my my dad got a bug assault for Christmas. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. He Damn, did. he's ahead of me. I got to get one of those. Uh, the other cool thing I saw was one of our f photographs that Randy helped me on a project made it to the homepage of Vestas on their homepage. Nice. Got a call from the client said you made it to the homepage, and I was like, what? Very cool. Uh, and the probably most coolest thing I saw my son. Uh, Proposed to his oh, girlfriend. I heard about that. Yeah. That was awesome. And to be there and to be invited to be there to witness it. And she oh. was totally shocked and blown away that we were all did there. Did she say yes? Uh, she did say yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Bay man? Uh, I probably would have to go back to the Red Dead as a cool thing. But yeah. I already covered that. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned before, I did. Uh, Santa brought me the uh, GoPro. Uh, Karma drone? Is Karma that what it's drone, called? Karma yeah. drone, yeah. Yeah, with the gimbal and the handheld nice. unit that comes with it. And the and so the thing with that one, right, you can use it handheld as a gimbal or you can throw it up, fly it in the air. It's the exact same Correct. armature. You pull it out of one nice. and stick it in the other. That is a great idea. really nice. That is. Yeah. yeah. I love the fact that it's a GoPro camera on it uh, and has all the stabilization built into the camera and then with the armature on top of that. And I'm, I've crashed it maybe three times now just trying to learn all the, the tricks and because it's got some pre-programmed flight stuff in there that I thought would do this. And apparently you've got to really it be careful does do about that. You just don't know. And, you don't know how to use it. You could go into a lot about what I don't know, Chris. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think breaking Let me add it. Let me add blades it. is part of the part of the learning failure experience. Absolutely. About, what goes so. up will come down. That was a cool one. And then the third thing I would mention, and I'll have to show it to you off air because uh i it's it's a visual thing but my son is into three uh is into uh stop motion animation oh sweet uh -huh. yeah and he's done a lot of projects and they've all been very cool and fun and creative and great and all that but he did one for a school project recently that blew my socks off 
Nice. Um, and so I hate to just grandstand, you know, my own family member here, but um, uh, yeah, he did it on a theme that, uh, that that was sort of the project to do it on a theme. I helped him out a little bit with uh, how to rig it and maybe take care of some technical specifications. Um, but the idea and the execution of it was all his and I just couldn't, it's the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. Nice. Very good. Very good. Next up, let's talk about uh, geeky tech shit. This, uh, the theme this week is all about backups. Speaking about failure, so backing up. What, uh, Randy, what's your method for backing up? As a photographer, you go out, you do a shoot. What happens when you get home? What happens, one, when you're in the field, and two, when you get home? In the field, I um, obviously record the cards, and then I have hard drives uh, with me. Mm-hmm. And then I will record, you know, download to a hard drive so I have it in two places. Uh, if I'm on a trip somewhere, potentially three, mm-hmm. and the client goes with one, so it's separated um, when I can do that. Um, when I get home, um, I technically do not have real backup, which kind of scares the hell out of me, but not really in the place to do it because real backup would be having everything mirrored but off-site. So that would mean every day you're taking all your assets and putting it in a different place, say a safety deposit box at a bank or somebody else's house. So if you have a fire or whatever, or the, the great thing would be the cloud. Absolutely. But in our world, in video, that is a hell of a lot of data to be putting up to a cloud and very expensive and very time consuming. It's, it's not that so. expensive. <laughs> Sean knows what I'm going to say. I, well, because I, 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 one of the things I'll say, I was going to ask you, do you shoot uh, dual card, like your main shots on one and then redundant on the other? It depends what I'm shooting. Okay. But sometimes, yes. Yeah, okay. Like if it's something you can't Because my camera do, does have dual cards and I can set yeah. it up that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it depends on volume and if shooting 4K or 1080 and I get all techy. But. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the cloud stuff because I, I recently went through um, one of the scariest times uh, in my career so far with my own computer and media and portfolio. and Because, I mean, if you were to lose that stuff, you really can't get it back. Right. right? I mean, a project you did eight years ago that you're really proud of, if those files are gone, I mean, yeah. they're gone. You know, yep. um, and I my Mac died. We talked about this a few episodes ago. We were talking about the new MacBook that I got, and when that when that wouldn't boot, it was a very like a real reality check for me. Like you could have just lost everything, and luckily I was I was fortunate enough, thank God, to get it to boot just long enough to um, back up to the cloud. Which to Randy's point, after however many years and two terabytes of information I had stored on my Mac took a couple of weeks to push up to the cloud. Now, so, I have 24 terabytes on my RAID. That would take a really long time. You'd be going a long time. And I'm not sure if Backblaze offers like a send us a drive and we'll put it on the cloud for you. Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. it would be, it, it would make sense because their download options include that, right? If you're going to have to de- if you're going to have to restore from your cloud backup, it's going to take a lot of data and a lot of time to download however many terabytes you know you're you're storing, and the longer we go on this journey of, of creators, the bigger that number gets. If For you sure. keep everything, right? And yeah, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, but yeah, so when that happened, I not only got everything backed up to the cloud and started that process, but um, I kind of changed how I started doing things. I used to store everything on the internal storage on my computer, and I don't do that anymore. Now the computer is the machine that drives the software, and I store everything on an external hard drive. So if my computer were to die, break, not boot, that hard drive still has everything on it, and that's where everything goes from the get-go. And what kind of hard drive? Is it solid state or a spinning disk? Uh, it's a Lacey 6 terabyte. That's a good question. Spinning disk. Back. Spinning disk. Right? Less exactly. reliable than a solid state. Less reliable? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but hard drives are pretty reliable. Well, and I have, I mean, to, to your point, Matt, yeah. I've had two Seagate hard drives just stop working. Like, they won't mount, and I can't see what's on them, and... Granted, there's probably some sort of back hack I could have gone in and done, but really now it's save everything to my external hard drive, and I have my Backblaze account set to automatically every time I generate a new file. So it's going a little at a time. Incremental. A little yep. bit at a time. So yeah. now that the whole backup's done. So uh, that's, and, and when we shoot something, I come home immediately and um, 
I, I put the cards and I and I try and get it onto the hard drive. First. That's what so I do. I put it on the RAID, so that's kind of backed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A RAID 5, it's split up. But then until the job's done, I also put it on another just portable little hard drive. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm paranoid, but... Question yeah. for our I, listeners. I should look into Black, Backblaze, but it's... Yeah, Backblaze is great. It's five five bucks a month? Is that what it is? It's, it's not bad. Yeah, it was like... It, and totally how much at the time. Space. Unlimited. Unlimited. That's $5 wow. per computer. Yeah. For five so, bucks a month? And do you know, do, do they throttle the their kind of... Their uh, upload? Yeah, their upload you, or anything? You can. You can control it. Okay. Uh-huh, so if you're worried about blowing out your internet connection, no, I'm for the actually month? I'm wanting them not to throttle it, so I can get as much. I yeah. can tap out the speed on my end. Choose that. Okay. Which nice. Something that's affordable is probably only three megs. Where I mean, if you're a large corporation and pay for the pipeline coming yeah. in, you might get ten. It's still not that fast. How right. is Backblaze different than Dropbox or something like service like that? Dropbox is expensive. You could do the same thing with Dropbox, but it's um, well. You're limited in space be, too. Well, you could get up to that 24 terabytes in Randy's, but oh my god, that would be expensive. Yeah. Amazon Web Services is another one. Amazon for box a while had a itself. boxes. Box can get expensive. Um, I used to use Carbonite. I switched to Backblaze when they changed their pricing because I like the unlimited. You've been buying Backblaze for years. Uh-huh. You recommended. It. I was on that's it for a while. why I switched yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it for five bucks a month. I mean, it's just an absolute no brainer. Period. Yeah. So I don't. Um, like my method is, um, I and this is more for my kind of workflow. Um, I have a, a, a Lacey eight terabyte drive that's kind of my main. Um, it has what I call my photo archive, my video archive, and now a thing called scan archive because I've been scanning all my my family's. Uh, analog photos in um, and then I have three individual drives for each of those my, my scan portable drive my video portable drive and my photo portable drive the only re- I have those drives kind of as a backup but more just as a I can grab those off my desk and work in the field or wherever I want with them but my backup strategy technically is backplace period in the cloud because the thing about it is is if you for a while I used to do this thing where every week I'd have a I'd back up a hard drive and then I would I'd take it to me to my office, you know, and so I would have like a hard drive at my office that was within a week of what I had at home. But then the thought occurred to me, like, now, if a tornado rips through my, my home and my office, which are generally pretty close to each other, um, I've lost my backups. Now, granted, if that happens... I might not care that much. That might be the least of my worries. But the point is, is if you have a local natural disaster, you're screwing your backups. So it should all just be in the cloud. And then Backblaze, they're backed up God knows how much. Yeah, but Backblaze is purely backup. It's not part of your production process, and there's no collaboration. No, you'd have to download it back down because you can't work off of That's the big difference. And I had to download individual files if you wanted to. You can. So if there was like a picture, you were like, oh, that's right. I need that picture of the Mona Lisa that I shot. What's the limit of of a file size? None. I I know Box is 15 gig. I downloaded, I re-downloaded my entire backup. But he's asking individual individual file. I don't think they have one. So if you have a video that is over 15 gig, I know Box is 15 gigs. Yeah, I don't know if Backblaze does or not. No, no, no. The, like, yeah, but that actually is. For like, it won't store a file bigger than Exactly. That. Yep, ex- exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't, that, that seems silly. Box is a pain in the ass. I, I don't know. I, they're more of like a corporate IT yeah. kind of right. play. Right. So, so Box, yeah. if you want to prove corporate yourself, world. go ahead and call filmmakers and photographers. We'll get you on the air and have a debate about it. <laughs> I know in the design Sponsored world, we don't that. have the kind of large <laughs> video files that you guys right. have to deal with. Yeah. But we do use a, a fair amount of video as part of our projects. But. Uh, so for us, we don't have that same backup issue. Our issues are more collaboration. Our issues are more, uh, can we share active yeah. same files with clients? And for that, I see now that Dropbox is, oh, is absolutely. That's the way that uh, those files I love are Dropbox. Frame.io. Blows them all away. Yeah. Frame.io? Frame.io. Frame.io. It's huh. awesome. Huh. Check it out. In the description. Go check that do, out. Do the free... Uh, Test of it. Vimeo has it as well now. Yeah. If you're already a Vimeo member. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Chris, how about you? Like when you guys are out on a shoot and then you come home and come back to the shop, what what's some of your backup? Yeah, our stuff is very low tech but fairly bulletproof. I mean, it it's not 100%, but we shoot dual card when we're out in the field. So you know, I've never had an SD card fail, but it only takes one. 
you know, to lose a client. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get back. We've got two drives. Well, we we immediately back it up to three things. The workstation is going to be worked on and then two uh, external drives. And it's well, those are mirrors. It's double redundancy. And uh, we have had a USB drive fail in the past, but we always had the other one. Yeah. So it's worked out well. I escort the drives off from my office about every two or three months because we're filling up the backups. Take them home, throw them in a box. So I've got them at the office. I got them at home, and um, no cloud. No cloud for you. No cloud. But I am gonna, uh, you know, the backblaze thing. I'm gonna look at that, you know, because we got so much media. I mean, well, I was gonna ask you that. How long do you tell your clients I'll keep this footage for? How long? Yeah, Did I don't give forever? them. Yeah, I I don't I don't quantify it. And the thing is, it's very rare that they ever come back so we've got these mm-hmm. gob tons tera 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 terabytes mm-hmm. and it never it What's never gets used next size up from a terabyte uh petabyte ketabyte peta, peta. 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 that sounds yeah. like a dangerous uh, kid molesting <laughs> <laughs> pedophile uh wow so but <laughs> there's but it, come on uh but it's you know it, it it's that rare occasion that a client calls back up on a, something you did like Two years ago, three years yeah. ago, five years ago. And then we've got a very long-standing client that, I mean, they'll come back to us 10 years and go, yeah, remember that thing you did back in the 1870s? And I'm like, going, yeah, we probably got that around here somewhere. And our backup system is very simple. You know, we've got a folder structure. It goes just like you guys probably have as well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to locate and, you know, pull it. It hasn't up. failed you yet, right? It has so not failed in all these years. Win a ball game, but I, you know, I am waiting for the cloud to kind of come into its own, to make it affordable. I think it has. Well, that's the thing. Your, your, your method is, is probably more, look, look at that shot. Nice. It's like Starbucks just took over Drinking on the God. live stream. Um, Yours is kind of expensive because you're buying a bunch of hard drives. It is. Whereas Backblaze would be, well, $60 a year per workstation. Now, granted, yeah. the catch with Backblaze, and this is something you'd have to still you can't just go with. grab it. Well, you, no. Well, you don't, need, you, can't, you don't need to unless there's a failure. You can't. Um, you have to keep the drives connected. Backblaze has to see the data at least once a month. For it to consider it back because it is a mirror. I remember that. It's a mirror yeah. of physical copies. Right. They're oh. not just going to be an independent storage solution for you. They are simply backing up data that you also have. So the trick well, if it is gets disconnected. Well, that's the thing. You, so you can it, disconnect a hard you. drive, right? But it'll say drive. You know, Sean Letty's Lacey. But it's not going to get not rid been of. Connected in. It will if you don't connect it in the right time frame. Now I think they have a, a thing like. Okay, oh, if, so if you don't back it up, they will just erase all your data. They'll, yeah, they'll say from they'll, that drive. Right. Because think about it: if you had a drive from eight years ago that you don't give a shit about anymore, you also don't want to keep that. So they, they try to keep about it your archives. So you can't use it as an archive. You can. The what do you do right now as an archive? Just extra drives. But that sit in a closet. Correct. They're not hooked up to a computer. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what ours are. Obviously, so, they're archived yeah. as well. I, probably, you still need to dig out those drives that you wanted in the see, cloud that's, that's, and have, you wouldn't need to re-back them up, but you yeah. need to tell Backblaze, I still have the first copy of I got to believe there's some kind of thing where you can talk to Backblaze and go, that's an archive drive. Can you just well, park you it? Could, you could, for your needs, you may, you may look at uh, having multiple computers and then yeah. that way you say, okay, cool. I have a computer at home that has like 10 hard drives hooked up to it and you know it has or like one of those master laces that has like 12 racks mm-hmm. you know and that holds all the old ones and you switch it out once a month for the other stack of old ones and it tells Backblaze okay those still exist it's still the real deal but yeah. that was kind of the thing for me is I realized oh my god if I can't show Backblaze that I have these files the fact that I just uploaded them all from my old computer means nothing if I can't get them back onto my exactly. new computer to show Backblaze I still have these files so yeah. seriously you can't let it be the only copy of the file no because it's a copy they're looking at it as a copy so if you lose the original they don't keep the copy because it's a copy of what but what if it's a drive that you've hooked up in order to upload it and then you've unhooked it it's not live online anymore that's okay for a certain period of time then they'll say we haven't seen that drive for 30 days we're assuming you don't need it anymore this will be erased in this time now granted if you are this is no thank you they also have they also have 
have like so they have in the contingencies or the 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 data there they say you know so what if i'm going on vacation for six months like i'm a filmmaker i might be traveling abroad for a few months and well might not be home at my workstation to connect that hard drive that i want you to back up you can put your backblaze file on pause and say cool pause don't be connecting don't be measuring time you know for a certain period they have all these solutions but really what it is meant for is hey you have one copy of all this media and data we'll make another copy that'll be safe and sound and then in the instance that you lose that copy you can re-download it onto another drive and then tell backblaze that's the other thing too is once you re-download it or once you've made your physical copy backblaze understands they have like a, a file writing system that they use so that they can tell oh wait i've already copied this file so if you move it to a new drive it's not going to have to re-upload the new drive just because it's named something else you can actually even change the file name so i could have backed up chris profile pick one and then change it to new haircut number three I and like it. it'll look at the information of the actual file and say, wait a minute, the name changed, it's just but a fi- it's the same name. file. Yeah. Yeah. So it creates an alias, and, and so they do a yeah, it's really well, job it's, it's it, how you're going to use it, the tool. You know? Yeah, I mean, but what about if you... It's not an archive device. Well, what I mean, about if you have a project for it is, a... It is, for with, me it is with, but, with overhead. All right, you have a project for a client, your drive went down, you got to finish it, you have a day and a half, but all that data to work on, it's going to take a week for you to download all of it. But you have a day and a half to meet your client's client needs. Think yeah. about moving the due date. But you can actually have them overnight or yeah. two days ship you yeah, a, a hard drive with your stuff. So that's the other thing is that if you did not want to have to re-download eight terabytes of media or whatever the case may be, they allow you for a very large amount of money um, to have them ship you a hard drive with all that data. They'll load it under a hard drive and ship, oh, it. ship okay. it. So you could have it in a couple of days, and it, but you'd be paying. I, I would, well, that's, good. that's good. Yeah. Personally, I would, I would question the need to have backups of archives. You know, a hard drive sitting in a closet, you know, spin it up once or twice a year. Yeah, but I have uh, pulled and this it, drive that's years old and plugged it in and nothing happens. Me now too. Like it won't me boot too. up kind of thing. Yeah, there's some, it's something. Maybe somebody dropped it over two years ago. Well, so, right so what do you do if your second drive doesn't? Fire? I've never had that happen. Right, See, but, I've, but I've but lost it's, one drive. It's just as likely. Oh, as far as cards going down, um, remember the P2 cards that were yeah. supposedly yeah. indestructible, way more so than an SD card. Yeah, um, they're not I've, around anymore, Andy. I've sent one to Panasonic, five hundred bucks to get data off. Ooh. I'll tell you what: if you don't have a cloud backup of something, there is a possibility that you will lose it forever. Yeah. With a cloud backup, your house burns down. With a cloud backup, you no. I, I agree to different recovery options. So yeah. I guess that's all I'll say about that. Y'all listeners out there. Don't be like Shawnee. This episode sponsored by Back Back your thing up. Yeah, online might not be the only thing, but from my perspective, for $60 a year, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's an absolute no-brainer. I use it more in a a personal capacity. Um, Otherwise, professionally, we use use Dropbox. I know. um, We have an enterprise account, so we have a giant account, 100 terabyte. (laughs) Commercial yeah. client that's doing it with Box and um, 128 terabyte. Wow. Yeah, for and sure. And they're in the process of it now. God, yeah, yeah. If you have the if you have the deep pockets, you know something like but, Box you know, or Dropbox would totally would 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 totally. Or your work. own offsite yeah. server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that big. Yeah, I'll take one of those. It was only last year that I had a project that was mostly video that that I shot and had an interview and all all that kind of stuff on it, put it on a drive instead of putting it on my laptop because I was doing most of my editing on my laptop. It was a nice drive. It was a quality drive. I plugged it in behind me because I didn't have a spot on the current strip I had. Started working on it, forgot that I had done it, got up, tripped on the cord, pulled the drive off the table, boom! I reshot that interview. Ouch. Oh, it was Ow. painful. Yeah. Oh, so man. I can see the I can see the emergency purposes of the of that kind yeah. of a solution. That's but, a good one for the last episode. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, shit happens kind of failure is what yeah, that is. And it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Any other thoughts about backups? I don't what about think backups so. of Do it. gear? Backups of gear. Yeah. Ooh, uh, have a second camera let's have the whole conversation over again as a backup. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure it was recorded. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys, you know, you fly, you guys fly around and you do shoots and you always have two cameras? 
I do. Uh, most of the time. Maybe not the same. Not the same camera, but yeah, for sure. But at least something that could be serviceable. Yeah, if, I always have a DSLR with me. Yeah, just as a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, that same thing when we went to. Uh, or no, see, went to Brazil. Yeah, that was uh, had the DSLR as a backup. Yeah, I just bring my iPhone. It was like that yeah. in the in the music biz <laughs> yeah. too, right? If you ever broke a string, you don't want to have to restring on stage. You just grab another guitar. Grab yeah. another yeah, guitar. That's what we used yeah. to. Uh, yeah, I, like probably four. What happens to guitars at home? Oh. What happens if two guitar strings break? Okay, so actually, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Your guitar tech is sitting under the stage here's playing. Some, here's some stories that are not film-related. But, yeah, I had our drummer broke his uh, bass drum head at a very big show in front of our entire high school. Uh, we were seniors. He was a junior, maybe a sophomore. He was younger than us. But it was like the big show, dude. It was the big show. Everybody was there. We were the headliners, and he broke it on the last song. So our finale didn't have any uh, thumpy bass. <laughs> Um, but another fun story is that my bass player, when I used to play uh, music in the band, um, broke a string when we were opening for the band Finch. They had a song called What It Is To Burn. Go back and check that one out. It's an oldie. Um, but we opened for them. That was a really big highlight for us as a band. And, of course, <laughs> Newton's Law, if it's going to happen, it will. Keegan broke a string. But guess who brought him their bass? The bass player for Finch. So he got to finish our set playing Finch's bass, which was really cool. Because uh, they also happened to be drop, uh, tuned to drop C-sharp, which is what we tuned to back in third floor view days. Shout out to my old bandmates and all our TFV fans out there. And no, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yes, get a backup. Have a backup. Have a backup for your backup. <laughs> always. Backup, backup. backup. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to sit down with you and... Talk about our craft, drink some coffee, talk a little shit. Special thanks for Matt Fay for coming back again. Woo! Yeah, thank thanks you for thanks, having Matt. me again. Yeah. Awesome job. <laughs> Driving all the way over twice. Much fun. For those of you brave enough to listen to this podcast, please make sure you've subscribed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends and colleagues and go out and make something. And I'll try not to fail. <laughs> Filmmakers and photographers Drinking coffee and talk